Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. Today's guest is Stuart Roberts from Total Back Office Solutions. So they do exactly what the company says on the title. They do everything that's back office with your recruitment business. So you don't have to worry about it. You still own the company, all of that. But, you know, they'll do everything with your contractors, you know, if you if you need finance. And why I wanted to bring Stuart on is he has eyes on every sector and his company are one of the leading suppliers in the industry. Um, so he's constantly speaking to founders about what they can like what they can do with their money and what they should be doing in these times what's available to them now this was recorded a couple of weeks back when we weren't too sure the government had just announced um the measures so we were still digging around what would be available to who some of us are still kind of in a bit of limbo as company directors um but Stuart's really knowledgeable and i trust what he says and we've used him a little bit for our own business and i know people who have and just just one of these people in my network that i think is worth being heard in times like this when money is everything cash is oxygen so you know how do you cut your costs how do you get more money how can you go about that you know how can you use somebody like him to either be a middleman or just give you advice and i find it beneficial speaking to him and I hope you find it beneficial listening to him. So um, this this one will be released right now. I hope you are all happy and healthy and safe and keeping well. It's going to get better. We, I think, will be out of this and back to some form of normality by June. Um, but we have to keep our heads down, keep healthy in the meantime. So take care. If you enjoy this, please send it to another recruiter and uh, give it a like, share on LinkedIn. I'd really appreciate that. And uh, I wish you the best. Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. We threatened to do this for a long time. Stuart Roberts. Fantastic. <laughs> T-Boss, tell everybody what you do. Yeah, um, I am a. I'm, I'm the, one of the directors of TBOS, and we are a back office and accountancy provider just for recruitment agencies. I've been working in the industry for well, nearly twenty years now in various different guises. Uh, I've been. I actually worked for an umbrella company. I've worked in the back office of recruitment agencies, actually running the back office of a large medical recruitment agency. And now for the last 10 years, I've, I've been helping people to start their own recruitment agency. And then obviously once they're started, keep them going by hopefully providing them with their back office finance and accounting needs. And, uh, and yeah, we've, we've, we've grown it into a nice, uh, nice business, which is, uh, which is still growing, which is great. The last time we met, we were at the Rec Expo and yep. celebrating better times. <laughs> and there was a real sense of camaraderie and that the market was going in the right direction. Everybody felt kind of bulletproof. It, it's hard to it's hard, hard to, 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 to describe exactly what that was like compared to 
what it's like right now. But yes. what, 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 why I wanted to do this is, firstly, I think you have eyes on a lot of large businesses, a lot of SMEs. I feel like you've got a broad scope of people that you're speaking to, and they're all asking you hard questions. Yep. So um, I want to know the answer, Stuart. I want to know all the answers. Uh, so I suppose let's start whenever this crisis kind of raised its head. What what of the last, would you call it the last 10 days or is it two weeks now? Or? Yeah, I, I would say probably the last 10 days. I think people have started taking it quite serious. Um, you know, we've had our own T-Boss Cobra meetings in some respect to obviously make sure that looking at all of our agencies, seeing which ones we think will survive, which ones will struggle, uh, the cash perspective on each of them. And and obviously, just to get our story straight on exactly how we can help each of those, we do have a list of, of, of some of our agencies that we are going to dedicate a bit more time to where we feel that they do need that little bit of extra help, either due to their industry, due to their financial position prior to this. And and yeah, we, we started implementing that at the beginning of last week. And it, it's it's been working. You know, we've been having lots of conversations with our, our agencies. And in the meantime, obviously for us, it's about keeping that continuity of service. So we've obviously made sure that even for us, that we've made sure that we've got staff in place and are working safely and remotely. But at the same time, the service levels cannot drop for our clients. So we've made sure that everything is running as smoothly as what it was before. Um, and obviously not only educating our clients, but also our internal staff because obviously they need to know as well, because uh, all of our agencies are asking the same questions, you know, how am I going to survive this? How long is it going to survive? And if it does last for longer than, say, three months, what do I need to do to make sure I do survive this? And that's the questions we've been answering. So. Okay, so uh, let's jump into the agencies that you're supporting. Um, which sectors are getting hurt the worst? Um, which are doing okay and which are thriving? Yeah, I think luckily for TBOS, a large portion of our clients, I think it's about 41% of our client base is in the IT industry. So as long as those, those client, those candidates are on the, this on the contractor side, uh, as long as those candidates are working remotely, then there've always been no issues. Or if they can now work remotely, it kind of sort of says to them, this is kind of maybe the new way forwards. Um, it's the same on some of the financial markets and also on the, uh, you know, on, on some of the markets where you kind of go, right, you have to now work from home and it's tra traditionally been in the office. The ones that we found that are actually struggling at the moment are the kind of the administrations so of providing, say, admin, you know, part-time admin services because obviously the offices aren't open. You've also got the uh, the teaching sector, although a lot, you know, the, the teaching agencies that we've got have managed to kind of negotiate with some of their uh, their schools that potentially that because they are funded by the government, there should be no reason why they don't continue to actually be funded uh, by the school during this time. And a lot of the schools have been really, really good for those agencies and said, yes, we'll help you out. The... Um, we do have a couple of agencies in the retail sector, so providing you know people in retail, and they've seen a large drop off on contracts numbers. But overall, we believe that you know probably we're going to lose probably thirty percent of the contractor base, um, you know, initially, whether or not that continues. 
um, because of most of ours are contractors and less temps. Our temp driving agencies are seeing a massive boom at the moment, obviously, because obviously the temp agencies in the driving sector, there's a large portion of agencies being required in that sector. So I'm just going to move that one. There we go. Um, yeah, so the driving agencies are seeing a big boom at the moment. All of their clients are kind of coming out saying that they really need them. And also, you know, it's about pulling in new clients. So, you know, it's you have to go where actually people are required. And so those agencies are adapting and really are, you know, trying to help out as much as possible. I, map out those conversations for me that you have with those firms who are struggling. What type of things are you looking at um, in terms of analyzing? Where they're at, and then what are what what are the measures that you're advising, and how do you go about that? Yeah, I think the thing we've always looked at is obviously you know we're we're very much at T boss. It's always about getting regular management accounts, and every single one of our clients gets monthly management accounts. It's very easy for us to track exactly where they were and whether there is a if it starts declining, we can see that very quickly because we've got month on month figures. You know, I do feel sorry for the agencies who are maybe either getting quarterly management accounts or annual accounts or even not getting any accounts or not even understanding them. And that's the main thing is actually for the agency director to understand their figures. So we're getting the agencies and then the you know, first part of call was having a look and saying, right, what is their position on their balance sheet? Everyone always looks at their P&L. You should be looking at your balance sheet. That is where if your company was to end tomorrow, that number down the bottom, if it's a negative, you're insolvent. If it's a positive, then you're doing okay. But again, you then have to have a look at that and see whether or not that's a fake positive or actually a positive positive. So we've done that analysis. And then on those agencies, we've, we've sort of spoken to them and said, look, you will need to reduce your overhead. So it's about talking to their suppliers. Um, there is about staffing and you know all this new legislation that's come in about furloughing your staff and getting some of the money back. So we've been giving you a lot of advice on that, not just obviously to our struggling agencies, but to every agency as well. Um, we've can, also can been. We jump, can we jump on into that piece a little bit before? Before. Yeah, yeah. So, so what? Also, obviously, the government have done is they've turned around and said that if you furlough a staff member, and now furloughing means that a person is still employed in your business, but they're not actually allowed to work. So they're not actually meant to make calls, be a resource, or anything like that. They just will not work at all. And so during that time, those furloughed staff members are entitled that the company would still pay them. And they can pay them either 80% of their wages or their full wage uh, uh, because they can actually claim back 80% of that money back from the government. Now, at the moment, the mechanism is not in place because the government haven't yet created the online portal to actually manage this furlough and haven't said when the payments will come back to the... Uh, so from a, from a cash flow perspective... That's it. Yeah. But what it is, is it's about actually trying to retain existing staff. They don't want to, obviously, you have to think about it from a perspective. If you get rid of someone, you've got to potentially pay maybe notice periods. You've got to um, you've got to pay unpaid holiday. And you could potentially be getting rid of a really good staff member. Yeah. So by having this thing of putting them on furlough, and in this market as well, if you've got rid of someone, that person is very unlikely at this current time to find another job because yeah. no one is hiring. Have, so, have many gone back to people that they've been last week before this? I don't know. We, you know, last week I saw a massive influx on LinkedIn of people who were out of a job, out in the rear, even before the government had actually launched this. And I think that's really unfair. I think actually, but unless obviously the business was already on a failure already, but 
I thought, thought it was really unfair when I saw that, especially as it was pretty much the very evening that with this thing with the furlough suddenly came out and paying 80%. And it was just people kind of jumping the gun a bit. A I little bit. It, it was hard to know. You know, the, the government didn't communicate that they were going to do this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And even then, even then when they said it, I then got a call 10 minutes later and saying, Stuart, what does this mean for me? And it wasn't until, obviously, this was Friday. It wasn't until Monday that we actually got the actual details of what's going to happen. And even then, the details that come out are really, really sketchy. They haven't got this portal set up. They still don't know when the first payment is going to be released. And they haven't given the full rules either because we're getting people like uh, directors kind of coming well, to me. That, that, was my, that was my next question. Um, if, so, yeah, the directors, yeah. as far as we are aware, we don't believe directors can furlough because in some respects, you still need to work. You know, the director is responsible for making sure that the company still is working, their responsibility for the ongoing performance of the company, even if it's going downwards. And so they can't really furlough themselves. The, the thing you could potentially say is that if there's two of you, you could potentially furlough one of you, but then does that mean then all the decision-making goes to just one of the directors? It's, it's still not very clear on what the actual definition of furlough within this is. We just wouldn't necessarily go, look, you decide to furlough every single staff member and then try to pull a fast one over HMRC's eyes of still actually getting your staff working just to get the 80% back. So, I understand. Do you think the self-employed package, maybe directors will come under that? Well, the, the, the thing is, is directors are actually employees. That If they're running a limited company, yeah, yeah. you are actually an employee and not self-employed. And this is the other big myth. You know, we've had a number of our agencies come to us and say, well, I'm self-employed. It's like, well, no, you're actually an employee of your business. Big time. You do self-assessment every year, but that is to pay for your dividends. You yeah. get the added benefits of, you know, company, uh, you know, of, there's certain company expenses, obviously, that you can claim as a director. And also you're getting your dividends uh, and you can potentially pay yourself a small salary. But it's all an incentive to actually try and get you to actually take on more staff. And that's why directors are paid like that. You can't suddenly go, well, I'm now self-employed if you're running your own recruitment, your own limited company. Yeah, I, that's what I thought. Um, it does mean that we'd only be able to get 80% of 11, 12,000 pound a year, right? Yeah, but it's only as well if there's more than one of you as a director and the other one actually is going to be the person who actually does everything within the business because you're not allowed to actually work during that time. That's what they're saying. So, Well, uh, I'm the one doing the rector act, so I could probably furlough myself. Uh, <laughs> does that mean Charlotte runs the company instead? Yeah, big time. I think, I think it's pretty... Uh, I think the secret might be out that Charlotte runs the company anyway. Uh, I'm uh, I'm just the Eddie Hearn, you know. I'm, I'm, her, I'm her hype man. But uh, but no, it's, it's 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 more a case of obviously it's just to help us help to retain existing staff on the books, keep good staff as well. You don't want to be getting rid of good staff, and also as okay. I said, the cost for getting rid of staff as well. Whereas actually, if you can keep them on and furlough them, you will still actually go along. I think the thing is, obviously, this is up to a limit of two and a half thousand pounds, which is like the equivalent of, equivalent of a thirty thousand pound salary. So if you've got people on more than that, and also the thing we're sort of saying is, is can those people who are actually being furloughed still generate commission? Because if they're generating commission, are they still working? It might be that actually they might not be able to generate commission during that time. So I can imagine questions. Yeah. We're waiting for the full answer. But what we're saying to our agencies, when you, you know, make the most of this, furlough some of your staff if you can, and obviously then we'll try and claim it back later 
don't do this where you actually hold off because actually if you hold off you could actually be paying out the staff members and okay so so that 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 leads me to my next point um this furlough thing sounds great but that doesn't show that doesn't help us with cash flow in the short term and uh, what what, not, what, not can we, what no. cash is oxygen what 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 can we do what, what what's out there well, I think at the moment, obviously, the great thing is, is about HMRC. They're deferring uh, yeah, your VAT payments. So anything on VAT, you won't have to pay any VAT payments over until uh, April next year. So between the next quarter, you won't have to pay any VAT and you've got till next April to pay it. Mm. Uh, we always make a recommendation, obviously, on your PAYE as well, is have a look at your PAYE, you know, um, and I know this is one thing that obviously HMRC don't advertise, but you do get one time a year where you can do a default. Um, you know, it might be that either you do actually hold out as long as possible for paying it. I know that HMRC have been told to be a little bit lenient on people who are obviously having cash flow issues. It's probably best to maybe come up with a, a like a time to pay arrangement with them. And I'm pretty sure that in this time that they would allow that. Same with the corporation tax as well. Now, corporation tax is a very strange one in that you have to submit your corporation tax return within 12 months, but you have to pay the payment within nine months. So HMRC don't actually know the amount you're supposed to pay HMRC until 12 months' time, but you're supposed to pay it three months before then. So potentially what you could do is make a payment, a nominal payment to them, and then actually when you actually submit your corporation tax return later on down the line, you pay the difference at that point, and you'd obviously have to pay interest on that. But it's a quite a low interest rate. So those are things that we are kind of telling our agencies is kind of look at your HMRC liabilities, look at your overheads, look at your staff. And then, yeah, it's a case of, you know, trying to keep your business going, see if there is any business opportunities you can still make the most of. Uh, keep in contact with your clients, because as soon as this is over, we believe this is going to be a springboard to actually go back. You know, the market's going to be immense when we go back. And the yeah. reason for that is we've been in such a candidate short market for such a long time. You know, I've been to so many meetings with associations and every agency saying, candidate short market, candidate short market. I think this is where it now changed. There's going to be loads of candidates out there that have been told to not go back to work, to stop, just purely because obviously they can't furlough contractors or, or temp staff. They're then going to be back on the market. Will they want to go back to those clients who dump them? Probably not. So actually you're going to have a load of candidates ready and waiting to want to go back. As long as you're the agency that gets on those candidates straight away and also then finds those clients who are actually ready to get those candidates ready to hire again, and you're at the front of the queue, then you will actually, you know, really could skyrocket in this market. Yeah. But let's talk about survival in the meantime. What, yeah. what, uh, <laughs> what about credit? Is there anything we can do with banks? Is there anything we can do with, like, what, talk to me about what you're, what you're advising people on that front. Yeah, well, there is the, the coronavirus interruption loan scheme that they've launched. Now, um, what this is, is you have to go to your bank or a bank. Uh, so I had a guy the other day who's uh, using one of these online banking systems, uh, not a major bank. And he says, look, they, they haven't got the details yet. They're not offering it yet. I said, look, speak to, no, no, speak to one of our banking relationships. And they've turned around and uh, basically said, yep, yeah, we can help you. We're a bank and we can do it even though you're not a bank. You don't bank with us, which is great. Um, it does seem that what you have to do is you have to, you know, the great thing for our customers, as I said, is they've all got management accounts. Now, the one thing that the, 
that they've got as part of the criteria is you have to show the position you were at previously. Yeah. You then have to give a projection of obviously where you believe the cash flow is going to be in three to six to nine months mm. uh, in the hope that you come that we all come out this. And it's an interruption loan. So it's a loan to help you see yourself through that situation. So you need some help from someone with financial figures to actually show where you were initially and where you could potentially be. You put it together and you give it to the bank and then the bank will hopefully, they're lending anything up to £5 million at the moment per company. And the government has thrown money at the bank to be able to do this. Yeah, so what they're doing is they're actually guaranteeing this. So it's a a loan that's still 100% your loan, but it's a 12-month interest-free loan that is 80% backed by the government. Okay, but after the after the twelve months, does that start getting? And there would be an interest on there, but it's a twelve month interest free loan. So what we're saying to our agencies is potentially go and get the loan because I don't. We we obviously at this stage don't know if there's any setup fees, but we would think that there's probably the very minimal or not at all. Get this loan and put it in your bank account or put it in a deposit account. If you use it, then at least you've had that loan. If you don't use it, when it comes to the end of it, give the money back. This is the best thing anybody's told me today. Um, <laughs> there was a reason. There was a reason why I I, I fast forwarded <laughs> this interview. Um, that's so that's that's the main ones. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there, there is there is there is probably I don't think the uh, you know the, the invoice finance companies are still lending based on obviously debt, but signing up to new deals at the moment we're we're struggling for our yeah. new clients to actually get invoice finance deals signed up because they need to do a face to face meeting. Yeah. Um, we do have some that are doing remote signups, which is great. So we've got a couple of deals going through on the invoice finance side. Uh, anyone who doesn't have invoice finance, you've got obviously there is a number of you know pay and bill companies out there, and ARC, we offer we offer a solution as well called TBOS Freedom, which obviously can hopefully you know give that funding during that time as well. Um, you know, depending on the credit risk of the client, but it's a case of we can actually do the admin and finance on contract placement. So if you suddenly find that you were originally doing maybe a, uh, you know, you were financing it yourself and you suddenly need someone to take over those contractors, you can always come and speak to us and we can see about maybe sort of doing that. Um, it's just trying to, as you said, free up the cash flow. Everyone's going to have to be a bit tighter. I know that, for, you know, for the first time in a long time, I've actually got money left in my bank account because I've not been able to go to the pub. I've not had to trip, get in the car and travel and petrol. So people are going to have some money left over, but that's going to dry up if obviously their wages start going down. But um, it's, you know, it's about, obviously, we're all going to have to be a little bit lean. It's quite early days. You know, we're probably, what, day three, really, of lockdown, rather than, uh, you know, we haven't been out for a long, long time yet. You know, give it another six weeks and we'll all be climbing the walls. But at the same time, Will we have spent a lot of money? Probably not. We'll be at home. You know, it's uh, it's it's going to be that that next six weeks, and then after six weeks, hopefully, we can see how it ends from there. If it does, um, slight changes to the IR thirty five. Um, what does that mean for the industry? Well, the delay I think was very welcome. There, you know, right up until the point when they delayed it. You know, we we had a seminar that we did. Um, we were giving so much information. On our TBOS agencies, we were making you know sure that our agencies were aware of which contractors it could be affected um, by looking at their limited company ones. Um, and what happened was, was there was still a lot of agencies who were burying their head in the sand. You know, I had one that turned around to me and said, 
oh, I think it's a bit like GDPR. It will just be something that blows over and no one will get fined for it. And I said, look, I, I think this is completely different. Mm-hmm. There was also the clients were kicking back on it as well. So, you know, trying to get a, uh, an, a status determination sheet from each, per, each client was like pulling teeth. They didn't understand it. They didn't want to know. And even when you said the responsibility fell on them, they still actually did not want to know whatsoever, which was real shame because, you know, in some ways it was a it was a good and bad legislation. It was it was bad for obviously that the market was suddenly going to be under the you know taxation. You know, there were certain people who were actually should be classed as contractors and were doing more of a contractor role and should have been taxed and been able to run limited companies. But at the same time, I was on the other foot and going, look, hang on a minute, you as a placement, I don't believe you were actually inside, you know, you were outside of R35, you've had it good for all these years, you shouldn't have done it. You know, there's, there was contractors I know that were, you know, treated like a staff member, they were going to Christmas parties and things yeah. like that. That all says you're an employee, really. There was, you know, I think they were right about things like the driving industry, where they turned around and said, look, a minute, you're, you're actually going to be inside of IR35 unless you drive your own rig. You know, so how many dr- truck drivers would go down to uh, their, their, you know, to, into their client with their own rig? They wouldn't. They wouldn't be driving their own lorry. They would have to drive there. So you're using your client's equipment. So then, really, you are classed as an yeah. employee. I, I suppose that. Uh, I suppose it's just one headache we don't have to worry about now for the. For the meantime. Yeah, well, obviously, we've all got a lot more to worry about. So to put IR35 on that as well would actually just be an absolute nightmare as well. You know, even though you've got, what, two weeks before it would have been implicated, you know, going through, I know that my phone has constantly been going recently about survival, let alone actually start talking about IR35. So I was really welcomed it at this stage. But, you know, as long as this, this all this situation subsides over the next kind of six to nine months, I think we should be fine for actually implementing it again next year, but it's still actually an education piece. And I still think there still needs to be a lot more done by, you know, to, to educate clients. I think that's the thing is, is the recruitment agencies knew about it. We've always known about it. It's the clients. And I think government didn't, didn't put enough emphasis to clients to educate them. They should have really sent a letter to every single large client from company's house and said, you do realize that you have to abide by this new legislation because you are classed as a large client. And instead, it was down to the recruitment agencies to actually educate those people, which, you know, is they're just, you know, how much time would they would they listen to a recruitment agency if they've only got one or two contractors rather than actually getting a letter from HMRC or the government saying you need to be aware of this? So, okay. Um, so where can people find you? Who can reach out to you and what can they call you about? Um, well, obviously, we, we, you know, we've got a good client base and our client base reaches out to us all the time. Um, I'm always very open to having discussions with people, but obviously, you know, our clients do come first. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm available to help out on things like if you're looking for invoice finance, or invoice finance arrangements because we never actually give any of our own money ourselves. The arrangements we set up are that we help and introduce people to invoice finance arrangements. And our main aim is to get recruiters doing what they do best, which is recruit. So if we can take all the administration away and the finance element and the accounting element, that's going to make them much stronger. So anyone who, as well, if they're a client and they're maybe they've got no financial figures, come and speak to us. We really, you should be working with someone like T-Boss to get your finances 
And the only way you know whether or not your finances are in order by having these regular, having your figures up to date. That doesn't mean, oh, I've got zero and I do it myself. That means I've got all my books up to date. The number of times we've taken over the books from a recruiter who's gone out and bought zero or QuickBooks or Sage and is doing it themselves and they're putting the data in. And when they give it to us, it is in complete disarray and we have to redo the whole lot over again. So you really should be engaging with someone to actually either review those figures on a monthly basis or actually get someone else who's qualified to actually do those figures. You know, we're, we're at the moment, we've got a, a large agency that we're doing and we're doing backdated bookkeeping all the way through to September last year because they just haven't done anything. Their you know, VAT returns are, they don't know if their VAT returns that they've done are correct. They don't know if they're on the right scheme. They don't know if they made enough profit. And, and so they, they've kind of come to us and said, look, we know it's a mess. We want you to help us sort it out. So we're not only doing that as a backdated, get the bookkeeping all up and running and making sure they've got correct figures and understand them, but it's then on an ongoing basis. So from the moment they signed up with us, we've been reconciling their books daily. We've been invoicing and keep giving them the advice daily. And that's what you need. Yeah, for anybody who's starting out, um, you fund or find somebody who helps them fund contractors, essentially. That's what it is, right? That's it. Yeah. Well, you know, our, our core business, you know, over the last 10 years, I've probably helped probably over 250 top billing recruiters who have come to us and said, I want to start my own recruitment business. And so if it's a perm agency or a contract recruitment agency, they come to us and we do everything from helping them with the formation side, getting business banking, introducing them to reputable suppliers, getting them registered with HMRC, and then it's up to them. They then actually then should do what they do best, which is finding new clients, finding candidates and trying to make that placement. Once they've done that, we then do our service going forward. The great thing with us is we don't charge any fees until the agency has done their first placement or they've been signed up with us for three months. So obviously, if you start your agency in January, if you don't make a placement in January, we're still there processing your expenses, getting you all registered. February the same. March might be the same. But when it comes around for April, we're coming around to doing that first VAT return. That's when, unfortunately, we have to start charging. But at the beginning of that month, I would be giving you a call and be going, what's going on? You said you were a top billing recruiter. It's been three months since you started your company and you haven't actually started billing. Is this right for you? And either they're just on the cusp of making that first placement or actually they come to the realization that maybe they weren't as good as what they thought they were. We're hope- you know, we've been very successful in identifying some really good uh, people, we've got some really great success stories on our books of, you know, top billing, uh, top billing consultants, and it's not an age thing or anything like that. But we've had some. I think the youngest one we had was 19, who started their recruitment agency and only been in it for uh, 18 months. You know, come uh-huh. straight out of school into it, and they were fantastic and been successful. And then you know we've had others who just come in and make it a lifestyle business who just come to work, they do their placements. We had one who used to do placements. If they did all their placements by Tuesday, they were on the golf course on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then they were back on it again the week after. The glory some, days. Exactly. It's all about having that lifestyle. And then there's others who come to us who just say, right, I want to grow my agency as big as possible. I want to have as many contracts as possible. So we got one who uh, three years ago came to us, a uh, mental health agency. I think the guy at the time was 27. And now I look at him, he's got an office in London, he's got 17 staff, he's, you know, and he's complete smashing. He's going to do probably 10 million pounds worth of turnover this year. He's right in the middle of it at the moment because he's really growing because mental health within this 
within this current climate, he's absolutely smashing it because a lot of these guys do telephone appointments. It's all about obviously mental health over the phone and remote yeah. access. So he's absolutely going to smash it this year. And it's those kind of ones that we're there supporting. And even he would say that you guys do everything. And all I can put, I have to concentrate on is recruiting. I don't have to see the timesheets, I don't have to see the invoicing. You do it all for me. And then I can concentrate on training my staff, making sure that they're working correctly. And if I can, maybe I can put a few deals in as well. But actually, that's the way every recruiter should really be. Do, do yeah. to your skill sets and outsource the rest. Well, Stuart, I appreciate your time, your expertise, and for you coming on here. There's some gems within this chat that will help people um, either cut their cost, find mm -hmm. some funding, or potentially set up by themselves in the future. Um, if they want to catch you, they catch you on LinkedIn. Um, what's your email address? What's yeah, yeah, it's uh, Stuart Roberts, that's S-T-E-W. I'm a Stuart, not a Stuart. Uh, Stuart Roberts at tboss.co.uk. Uh, you'll find me on LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, obviously connect up. Obviously, I'd be happy to help anyone who's got some, you know, real urgent issues or needs. You know, I'm always there for help and advice. Uh, send me messages through LinkedIn is probably another good one as well. I've got a large base of people who are already connected to me on LinkedIn so they can you know, DM me through uh, LinkedIn. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's what I would suggest is if you're, if you're in trouble at this stage, speak to your bank, um, you know, look at what's on offer from the banks because obviously they'll be helpful. Look at HMRC, see if there's time to pay arrangements on any of your, your uh, overheads, uh, sorry, on your HMRC liabilities. Look at your overheads and speak to your, your clients. Um, but really, it's looking to maybe gear up for that next stage on, um, you know, as soon as we come out. Of this. All right, Stuart. Thanks so much, and we'll catch up soon. Fantastic. Great speaking to you.